0: i
1: Howdy. Oh, there I am. Good morning, everyone. How you guys doing? I just want to welcome you to Faith Living Church. Uh, before we get started with the service, we're just going to take a little time uh, to worship. So feel free to stand, sit, um, or um, however you feel led to worship God this morning. So um, we welcome you as we, uh, as we sing praises to our God.
2: see For the heart that holds on A glorious light beyond all compare There will be an end to the troubles But till that day comes We'll live to know you here on the earth
3: And I will fear no evil For my God is living me. And if my God is with me, then whom then shall I fear? For whom then shall I fear? Oh no, you never let go, through the calm and through the storm. Oh no, you never let go, every high and every low. Go, Lord, you never let go of me. I can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on. There will be an end to these troubles, but until that day comes, still I will praise you, still I will praise. A light that is coming for the heart that holds on There will be an end to these troubles But until that day comes Still I will praise you Still I will praise you Singing, oh no, you never let go through the calm and through the storm, oh no, you never let go. Every high and every low, oh no, you never let go. Lord, you never let go of me. Let's sing that again to it. Singing, oh no, you never let go. Through the calm and through the storm.
0: Like. Thank you,
4: overcame father we thank you for this day and this opportunity to come together as as followers of jesus christ your son to hear your word and to grow and build our faith father we thank you for your unconditional love and your calling upon our lives help us lord through the power of your holy spirit to live our lives in a way that's pleasing to you forgive us Lord for the times that we've strayed and the times that we've decided to go our own way continue the good work you started in us Lord transform our hearts and minds so that we can walk out of here and be a light in this dark world and Father may everything we do bring honor and glory to you in Jesus name we pray
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Faith Living Church, and uh, I want to take a second again and acknowledge any first-time guests with us here, Uh, and it's an honor for us to have you a part of this community, and we hope this is a great experience for you. Uh, We have a gift for you at our Connection Center, so please, after service, somebody would love to meet you and give you that, and of course, complimentary coffee and tea there in the back, help yourself, and uh, if you've got kids with you, age 12 and classes also going on right now, ages 6 through 12, up at Super Church here. Uh, In our children's wing, and the downstairs of our children's wing, there's a four and fives classroom and a nursery available. Also on your chair, a couple pieces of paper for you there. Uh, One of those being an information form that we call our connections card. So we'd love to connect with you. If you wouldn't mind taking a second and filling that out, Uh, you could drop the completed form into a tie box or drop it at the connection center. And uh, also just a reminder, if you wouldn't mind silencing your cell phones during the course of the service here so we don't have any interruptions, that would be great. Thank you. Let you know about a couple things coming up here. First, the Life Group Leaders Breakfast is uh, coming up this Saturday, May 13th. Starts at 8.30, runs to 10. Uh, If you'd like some more information about Life Groups, uh, there's a section of our Connection Center there in the back. Mike Kane, our Life Group Director, will be back there after service. He'd love to talk to you a little bit more about getting involved in Life Groups and being a part of this Life Group Leader Breakfast. So to sign up for that, uh, Connection Center will be the place to go. Baby dedication is coming up Mother's Day weekend, May 13th and 14th. And uh, the deadline to sign up your child to have them dedicated at one of those services is today. So, again, uh, if you want your de- uh, child to have your child dedicated during the Mother's Day weekend services, please sign up for that today at the Connection Center. Lastly, ushers. We're looking for some more volunteers for our ushers ministry. Uh, of course, the ushers facilitate uh, anybody who needs help along uh, as they're coming to church here, directions-wise, finding a seat, anything they might need. Uh, so we'd look, love to have some extra help showing hospitality in our parking lots, on our sidewalks, uh, help with the elevator, that sort of thing. So uh, you can give it a test drive. See if uh, it's a good fit for you. No long-term commitments here. Just uh, uh, give it a shot. It's called the first serve. So to sign up for a first serve for the usher, ministry you can see the connection center after service um with that enjoy
2: in my mind keeps me awake tonight I know you've cast my sin as far as the east is from the west and I stand before you now as, as though I've never sinned but today I feel like I'm just one mistake away from your leaving Can you show me just how far the east is from the west? Cause I can't bear to see the man I've been rising up in me again. In the arms of your mercy, I find rest. Cause you know just how far the east is from the west. From one scarred hand to the other. time again. Your truth is drowned out by the storm I'm in. Today I feel like I'm just one mistake away from you leaving me this way. Jesus, can you show me just how far Darkness. Bye.
5: day isn't it oh man I could take a few more just like this you know uh, when you sat down you saw a, a little uh, postcard like this and uh, it's just telling you about Mother's Day next week and it says something for everyone and it gives you the the date Mother's Day gives you the date of Father's Day gives you vacation Bible adventure and we'll actually be telling you more details about that next week. We always kind of unfold that at Mother's Day. But these cards, I wanted to put some of these out. They'll be mailed out all over the communities and all to everybody's uh, post office box. But if you want to invite somebody to come to church with you on Mother's Day or Father's Day or telling the kids about VBA, you know, this is a real good flyer. and give them, it tells them the date, it tells them the address and, you know, email address and things like that. So, these are some tools that can serve you as you're inviting uh, some of your guests to come. So, please take advantage of that. Uh, Let's see here. You know, we've been uh, talking, oh, for a few weeks now about this changes everything. And you know what this is, an empty tomb. The resurrection of Jesus Christ truly does change everything, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then after, uh, you know, we celebrated the resurrection, resurrection uh, weekend there, then, uh, you know, we started talking about, so what was that topic? Um, two weeks in a row we talked about it. What was that? Forgiveness. Y'all remember the aquarium we had up here? Everybody had an opportunity to, on this piece of paper, a special kind of paper, to write your sins, the guilt, shame of your past, kind of secretively, water them up, you know, whatever. And then as we played that awesome song, we walked by, hundreds of us dead, and we put it in the, in the water, and it dissolved. And the Bible talks about, you know, God separates our, our sins from us, and, you know, to the depths of the sea, and we acted that out. And uh, it was awesome, you know. Last week we talked about forgiveness again. And you know what, if you've carried guilt... And shame and just the having unforgiveness in your heart, it affects us. And to be forgiven, it, it it changes everything. To be forgiven and to be innocent before Almighty God. But what I want to talk about today, to all you guys who are here in our sanctuary, all you guys who are watching from online, you know, the folks downstairs in the cafe, all in the balcony, we want to talk about something that's better than forgiveness better than forgiveness is that possible can there be something better than forgiveness well that's what we're going to talk about so we'll find out if it is or not you know but i want to look to psalms 91 verse 1 and what i'm really wanting to talk about is a shelter from temptation you know a shelter from temptation now you know uh, i've had four broken arms in my life you know most of you know that they weren't all broken at the same time But two of them were broken at the same time, you know. And I, in my ninth grade, I had to take exams orally because I had two broken arms from swinging out of a tree on a rope like Tarzan. And I did a beautiful swan dive into the ground and broke them both. And thank God that they had people who could set my bones, you know, and take care of all that and put a cast on me. And and thank God that they were able to restore my, my arms There's not a problem. Hadn't ever been a problem with them, you know, after they were restored and all. But what's better than getting your arms fixed? Not breaking them in the first place. That's a whole lot better, I'll tell you. It really is. So that's what we want to talk about. Better than forgiveness. What's better than forgiveness? Not giving in to temptation in the first place. Because there are scars and there are consequences for the things that we do, you know? Anyhow, Psalms 91 Verse 1, it says, those who live in the shelter, you understand a shelter? In New England, you got to have a shelter. If you're going to make it through the wintertime, you got to have a shelter, a house, a tent, something. You got to keep the bad weather off of you, right? People die of exposure to the bad weather in this kind of a climate. But it says, those who live, not just occasionally visit, but those who live in the shelter Of the Most High some of God those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty and can't you kind of picture an eagle as an eagle's got its wings spread out over its nest the little bitty eaglets are there you know it's raining and things like that and that eagle just keeps them dry under its wings and the Sun is blaring down you know the tremendous heat coming down in the shadow there for little ones and all so kind of picture that it says those who live in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty this I declare of the Lord he alone is my refuge and what does that mean refuge the next four words explains that my place of safety he alone is my refuge my place of safety he is my God and I'm trusting him for he will rescue you from 50% of the traps. Just trying to see if you're awake, paying attention here or not. says he will rescue you from what? From every trap. Are there traps set for you and me? The Bible says that the devil, in John 10, 10, he comes as a thief to kill, steal, and destroy. He is setting traps for us all the time. And he'll put something on there that appeals to you. That's what bait is. It appeals to you, but when you touch it, it gotcha. You know what I'm saying? How many of y'all like peanut butter? How many of you ever put peanut butter on a mousetrap? You might catch me on that mousetrap because I like peanut butter too. But the devil uses something that interests us. You know, it has an appeal to us. And he says here in verse 3, for he will rescue you from what's that word? Every. Every trap. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the fatal plague. Horace Greeley said, it is impossible to mentally or socially enslave a Bible reading people people who read the bible and study the bible they, they they learn says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free they learn the principles of god they learn how to pray and as he said it's impossible to enslave mentally or socially a bible reading people and that's really key to our lesson here today those who read and and study the bible who memorize passages get them down in their heart It changes everything about you and your direction. It genuinely does. Let's pick back up here at verse uh, 4 of Psalms 91. It says, He will shield you with his wings. He will shelter you with his feathers. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. And protection have you discovered you know uh any of these promises that really have made a difference in your life that have protected you that have sheltered you the promises of almighty god the faithful promises he goes on to say in verse four or five he says do not be afraid of the terrors of the night you know what he's telling us you don't be afraid of terrorism you know that's that's the devil's tactic god's not giving you a spirit of fear but of power love and of a sound mind and the enemy of our soul and enemies of our nation they try to get us afraid because when fear controls your mind you're unstable I'm just telling you the truth you do things that you would have never done before you know because God's not given us a spirit of fear but a power love and of a sound mind so our mind is not sound when we're operating in fear and throughout the Bible he tells us to fear not fear not fear not and he tells us how to overcome those fears, you know. Anyhow, he says here, I'll read it once again, verse 4, he will shield you with his wings, he will shelter you with his feathers, his faithful promises are your armor and protection. The promises of God, if you're on a battlefield, it's your armor, it's your protection. The faithful promises of God. They shield you. They shelter you. They protect you. He says in verse 5 here, Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Because of the faithful promises of God, you don't need to cave into terrorism. And that's what, what the devil is all about to try to instill fear into us. Now, Later on today, I would encourage you to go read Matthew chapter 4. And it tells you about what's going on in Jesus' life right here in this wilderness place. Now, Jesus went into this wilderness. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit drove him there. And while he was in this wilderness, he was tempted. He was tempted. Now, he was fasting. For 40 days, he didn't eat a thing or drink anything. Now, if you ever fast... For great lengths of time you actually have to drink water unless God told you not to and if God told you not to well, then you'll survive but if you go 40 days without drinking anything you'll be dead I'm serious you'll wake up dead one day you know that's just the way it works <laughs> so if you go 40 days without drinking you had to have a word from God Well, Jesus went he totally fasted and at the end of the 40 days when the Bible says Jesus hungered because Hello? <laughs> Hello? Probably God's trying to get your attention. <laughs> <coughs> okay. That's all right. But when Jesus... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No problem. Not too much of a maybe just a little one okay so good morning I gotta start all over again I forgot where I was at okay well Jesus when he was tempted and uh, he had gone for 40 days you know when you fast after about two or three days if you choose to fast and go without anything except drinking some water and all uh, after about two or three days the hunger pains leave you if you've never tried that we well, fast for like three days is like you're no longer hungry but when the hunger pains return you got to eat because that's the body beginning to consume itself and the bible tells us that jesus after 40 days of fasting it says that he was hungry he became hungry so he was at a very physically a weak point he gone that long now his body's going to begin to consume itself if he don't do something and you know in those lands uh, those bible lands their bread was kind of like a pita, you know, a little pocket kind of a thing there. And understanding when Jesus was hungry and all around was laying these nice round rocks on the ground. And the devil tempted Jesus. And he said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Well, see, could Jesus turn stones into bread? Sure he could. He can do anything. And would it have been wrong? Well, not. If he just wanted to do it. But the thing is, the devil's saying, if you are the Son of God, the devil's tempting him, challenging him, and we should never respond to the devil like that. You know what I'm saying? But what did Jesus do? When the devil tempted him, he said, It is written. That's what he started off with. He said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And, and Jesus overcame. And then the devil tempted him several more times. You know, and every time the devil tempted him, Jesus said, It is written. Jesus was, was leaving us a prototype. He was showing us how to overcome temptation. You know, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And then the Bible tells us after he had overcome all those temptations, well, the devil did twist something, used his, well, it says this and that and another. The devil try to twist things. The scriptures, you know that, right? To Get us to cave in and do something we shouldn't do. But then after the Bible said after Jesus had overcome all those temptations, he said that angels came to Jesus and they ministered to him. They, they strengthened him. That was just uh, one incident that we know of. There's others in the Bible that we know of the same kind of a thing happened. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, In in Psalms 119, verse 9, it says, How can a young person stay pure? Not get pure. I mean, if you confess your sins to God, you get pure, don't you? He forgives you and he cleanses you. How many young people do we have here? You know, young is relative. <laughs> you know? I know people, good friends, or, 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 or over 100. So how many of you are young? You know, it's relative to you. But he says here, how can a young person stay pure? Not just get pure, but how can you stay that way? How can you stay? I was reading about this... Uh, Kid, I don't know, he was eight or nine, maybe ten years old. He was on the sidewalk. There was a little grocery store, and they had a little uh, shelves out on the sidewalk with all their veggies and all their fruit and stuff that they were selling, you know. They put them on the sidewalk. And there was this kid there, he was just looking up, just staring at the apples and things like that, just staring, staring. And then the uh, grocer came out, because this kid was staring a long time at these apples. And the grocer came out and he said, Hey, son are you trying to steal some of my apples? He says, no, sir, I'm trying not to steal one. (laughs) So are we trying not to give in to temptation? Are we trying to overcome temptation, you know? That's very important that we don't give in to that. But he says here, how can a young person stay pure? And the answer is the question, by obeying your word. By obeying your word. You know, and and that's a wonderful thing. I mean, how many of you enjoy the freedom that we have in our nation to drive, go anywhere you want, you know? We got to obey the laws, though, right? If we disobey the laws, we could actually forfeit our ability to drive. And he says, how can a young person stay pure? Not just get pure for one time, but how can a young person stay pure? says, by obeying your word. Now, see, this book will keep us from sin. If we read it, and we study it, we meditate on it, we get it in our head, get it down in our heart, this book will keep us from sin. But you know something? The opposite of that is true as well. Sin, if we give in to sin and let it control us, we won't want to read this book. Sin will keep us out of this book. Did you know that? It really does. So we need to understand this. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. Verse 10 says, I have tried hard to find you. The psalmist says I've tried hard to find you don't let me wander from your commands Henry Ward Beecher says the Bible is God's chart you know like for a ship the Bible is God's chart for you to steer by to keep you from the bottom of the sea now we learned a couple of weeks ago that the Bible talks about our sins are cast into the depths of the sea and that's okay for our sin to be at the bottom of the sea But you don't want to be there with them, you know, and uh, Beecher said the Bible is God's chart for you to steer by to keep you from the bottom of the sea and to show you where the harbor is and how to reach it without running aground on the rocks. You know, we don't want to run aground. We don't want to lose our freedom and and lose our our forward motion. Now, oceanography, and, and this is fascinating, oceanography owes a great debt to the books of Matthew Fontaine Murray. His discoveries have been of immeasurable help to navigators of the high seas. Murray acknowledged his debt to the Bible for some of his scientific findings. One day when he was ill, his son read Psalms 8 to him. When the boy read the 8th verse, his father asked him to repeat it. And this is what it said, the birds of the air and fish of the sea and all that swim the paths of the seas. That swim the paths of the seas. And when the boy had finished, the great scientist declared, if there are paths in the sea, I'm going to find them. Today, the great ocean-going vessels follow the paths marked out by Murray, who believed they were there because the bible says they were and the the great currents in the sea that we know about now ships get in those things and they save fuel and they go faster uh fish migrate in these streams that come from up here and go down south and and there's these pathways in the sea that the scientist only discovered after he read about it in the bible isn't that amazing science is constantly proving the bible to be true Over and over and over, discoveries have come about that was in the Bible first, and then people discovered that they were actually true. Well, going back to uh, Psalms 119, looking at verse 11, he says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And the way we get God's word in our heart, we got to get in our head first. You read it, you meditate on it, you memorize it, You chew on it a good bit and all of a sudden it becomes a part of who you are and better than being forgiven is to be able to overcome temptation and how did jesus do it when the devil tempted him to do something he says it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god the way i overcome temptation is the way jesus overcame temptation by quoting a scripture but you got to have it not just in your head. you got to have it in your heart. And it becomes, you know, real. And you can apply it in your, in your life there. Um, the Bible is not only like the charts, but the Bible is like a compass. What ship would ever go to sea without a compass? The Bible always points believers into the right direction. It will never, ever lead us astray, you know christopher columbus he said it was the lord who put in to my path and he said i could feel his hand upon me but it was the lord who put into my path no it put into my mind the fact that it would be possible to sail from here to the indies all who heard of my project rejected it with laughter ridiculing me there is no question that the inspiration from the holy spirit because he comforted me with rays of marvelous inspiration from the Holy Scripture. Christopher Columbus declares that God showed him that the Earth was not flat, but it was round, and he could sail from point A to get to point B. And that's how I was able to pursue the discoveries that, that he, he did. You know. A Bible a Bibleless home is like a compass-less ship. It's hard to chart your direction. It's hard to choose the best direction if you don't have a compass or if you don't have God's word available to you. Woodrow Wilson, you ever heard of him? Woodrow Wilson, he's a pretty famous man, I think. He said, I'm sorry for men who do not read the Bible every day. I wonder why they deprive themselves of the strength and the pleasure that it brings. There's a great man who says that, you know. And, you know, the devil is really not afraid of a Bible if you own a Bible. He's not afraid of a Bible that has a lot of dust on it. You got dust on your Bible? You know, we got some really awesome Bibles we put on the coffee tables and things like that, you know. They're pretty cool, right? And, and, uh, well, let me just kind of see if I can find my little object lesson here somewhere. What happened to it? Now, what about a a sword that its sheath is all kind of getting moldy? It's covered with dust? You know, the enemy's not afraid of a a sword that's just hanging up somewhere collecting dust. But what happens when you bring it out? You know, does that make a difference? Sure does, you know. And uh, it's very similar to have a sword that's covered in dust as a Bible that's covered in dust, you know? The faithful promises that we read about earlier was Jesus' armor against the devil. It is written. It is written, Jesus would say. It is written. I, I, is your Bible covered with dust? Think about it for just a moment, you know. Billy Graham once said, the Bible is the only thing that... Con- can combat the devil. Not education, not intellectualism, not scientific data. There's tens of thousands of things that you may have access to and know, but the Bible alone is what enables you to combat the enemy of our soul. Billy Graham said the Bible is the only thing that can combat the devil. He said, quote the scriptures and the devil will run. Use the scriptures like a sword and you'll drive temptation." Away. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God, you know, he says, is full of living power. Really? Maybe gets it this way. You ever discovered any power in the Bible? You have? really well it's full of it it genuinely is so you know how to use the thing you know how to work it it says for the word of god is full of living power and 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 god's word speaks to us it genuinely does you know it was at a missionary committee meeting in england That the chairperson startled the people by claiming that he had founded a growing Christian group in India. They knew he had never been outside of England. He explained that when he was five years old, he had been impressed by a story of missions to India. He didn't want to just put his few coins in a box. The pastor had a friend who was a missionary, so the little boy bought a Bible, the New Testament, and he put his name on it, and he mailed it to India. The missionary gave it to a poor man who had walked miles to ask for a Bible. Twenty years passed, and a visitor to a remote Indian village found that the people in this village were all Christians. No missionary had ever visited them. How would that happen? And then someone showed him a well-used New Testament Bible with a boy's name printed on it. You mean the Bible, just the Bible, Ethan without a missionary, could transform a tribe of people deep down in India? Absolutely. They, they, they learned about the message that God had delivered to them. They learned that it sets them free, that forgiveness is theirs, that Jesus had given his life for them. And it brought an awesome miracle. See, other books, and I assume you've read a lot of books. A lot of, how many of you had any education at all? And in, in, in kindergartens included. Okay, So we had some kindergarten. Maybe we made it through the first grade. Maybe you got all the way through You know, high school, maybe you graduate, maybe you took a few college courses, maybe you went to some post, you know, college courses, maybe you got some awesome, fantastic degrees. But I'm going to tell you, books bring about a lot of information, don't they? And a lot of information is pretty good, but only the Bible brings about transformation. It changes you because this book is full of living power and it brings about a transformation. And I'm not against the, the information that we can learn, but the Bible tells us that knowledge alone puffs us up. It can make us prideful. Well, I know this and I know that. But I'm going to tell you, the Bible, it brings about a, a change. It brings about a transformation to us. Charles Colson in politics and, and very, very powerfully involved in a prison ministry, he said, the Bible banned burned beloved more widely read more frequently attacked than any other book in history generations of intellectuals have attempted to discredit it dictators of every age have outlawed it and executed those who read it yet warriors carry it into battle believing it more powerful than their weapons fragments of the bible smuggled into solitary prison cells have transformed ruthless killers into gentle giants. And this is all documented. See, the Bible transforms people. It changes people because it's full of living power. Theodore Roosevelt, y'all heard of him? He once said, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. A thorough knowledge of the Bible. Now, I'm not against education. But I can tell you, information alone can puff you up. But I'll tell you something, when you get a hold of God's Word and you let it get a hold of you, it can bring about a transformation. And you can get the wisdom and the insight and direction from Almighty God. And here, as Theodore Roosevelt said, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more. He didn't say you shouldn't have a college education, but it's worth more than a college education. And I do believe that. Robert E. Lee said, In all my perplexities and distresses, the Bible has never failed to give me light and strength. Robert E. Lee. E. W. Tozer said, God did not write a book and send it by messenger to be read at a distance by unaided minds. He spoke a book, and He lives in His spoken words, constantly speaking His words and causing the power of them to live on across the years. God's word is full of living power, and God reveals himself to us through that. Well, we just got through reading Hebrews 4.12. Let me read again. For the word of God is full of living power, and he goes on to say it is sharper than the sharpest knife. God's word. It's like a double-edged sword, and it's sharper than the sharpest knife. And, and, and he goes on to say, cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires and exposes us for what we really are. He kind of lays us open and, and exposes that so there can be a transformation that takes place. But years ago, uh, I had learned about a pelican. Y'all familiar with what pelicans are? You know, it's this bird. You see them down at the coast a lot. They're kind of a goofy-looking bird, you know? A little clumsy, you know? You see them on the shore and they're kind of waddling around you know kind of like that and they've got a big old body and this big old head and then they've got a beak and then they got this great big old flap of skin It's like a bag that hangs under it and they'll be flying and they'll dive down to the water open that little sack it kind of blows up like a balloon and they catch a whole bunch of little minnows you know with it but he's kind of a goofy looking bird well there was this uh, a pelican and out there on the dock there was a, a piling you know, like a big old telephone pole there and it had a flat surface on it. And he'd already caught the fish he wanted to eat and he was just kind of digesting. And he was standing up there on that, that post there. And he saw this, some kind of an eagle was circling around, a predator, you know, that has been known to capture other birds like the pelicans and all and eat them. And that pelican, he would just watch and he would watch and he would watch. And then that eagle folded his wings from a height. And he came down like a dive bomber, you know, meow. and all the pelican did, the pelican just held his, his bill, his beak, you know, and pointed it at the eagle. And guess what happened to the eagle? <laughs> he pierced himself with the pelican's beak, and the eagle died right there in front of the pelican. Clumsy old bird, but he stood his ground. With his, with his bill there, and he pointed it at his enemy, and his enemy perished. Now, can we do that? So I don't have a beak. You might have something better than a beak. Well, let me go on here for just a moment. In, in uh, verse 14, well, it says, that is why we have a great high priest who has gone to heaven? Jesus, the Son of God. Let us cling to Him and never stop trusting Him. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, says, for He faced all the same temptations we do, yet He did not sin. When the devil was tempting Jesus, what did Jesus do? Jesus said, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus stood his ground, and he overcame every temptation that came to him. He never gave in to temptation, and therefore, but he was tempted. So just because you've been tempted don't mean you've sinned, because Jesus never sinned, you see. He overcame the temptation, and that's better than being forgiven. Then we go on to verse 16 here. Hebrews 4:16 it says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy for our failures. He don't give us what we deserve. We'll receive his mercy, and we will find grace. Now, a lot of times people, they have a shallow definition of grace. It's unmerited favor. There, there are, are definitions, but let me tell you, the in-depth, the true definition of grace is God's enabling power. God's enabling power so understand says let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God there we will receive his mercy and we will find God's enabling power his grace to help us when we need it His enabling power his enabling power have you discovered his enabling power have you learned how to access his enabling power the mighty Niagara River falls hundred and eighty foot At the American and Horseshoe Falls before the Falls there are violent turbulent rapids farther upstream however where the river's current flows more gently boats are able to navigate just before the river empties into the Niagara a pedestrian walkway spans across the river posted on this bridge pylons is a warning sign for all boaters and it says do you have an anchor? Followed by this other statement on the sign. Do you know how to use it? Do you know how to use an anchor? Seems self-explanatory. Seems common sense to tell you how to use an anchor. But I have before been in a, in a river, and we're kind of drifting down, you know. I've had several instances like this, as a matter of fact. But we're drifting down. All of a sudden, you catch fish, but the current keeps moving you. So you're going to anchor yourself down, you know? And I have thrown out a perfectly good anchor, and I never tied the rope to the boat. And there goes the anchor. <laughs> there goes the rope. And it's like, bye. <laughs> Do you know how to use an anchor? I mean, it's supposed to hold you when currents are pushing you away, right? Well, let me ask you something. Do you know how to use this i mean if you were being attacked right now do you think you, you could you know how to use this thing think about it for a moment do you know how to use this thing right here Do you know how to use god's word i mean just having it you know on your coffee table is not quite enough but you, do you know how to use it did i tell y'all a couple of weeks ago we had a bear in our yard i got a video of it you know I was in the house. It's probably about an hour and a half before it gets dark. It was a Sunday after church. We went home. Uh, it was several folks over at the house. Miracle and Kyle were out in the back getting ready to build a, a campfire in the backyard, where we have campfires oftentimes. And I'm in there at my desk, got my computer, and I'm reading, I'm doing a little bit of study, and I'm doing this number. Oh yeah. And then I heard some commotion in the in the uh, great room, in the kitchen area there. And uh, I said, Dad, there's a bear in the backyard. It's like, wow, okay, awesome, it's fantastic, it's wonderful. So I come out there, and, uh, you know, the kids go, Dad, you got to be careful. I said, I got the equalizer for a bear, you know. So I just walked right out there where the bear was at. Was coming around the campfire. He came right up close to them, you know, and that's a no-no, you know, when bears have lost their fear of man. And so I'm videoing the whole thing, you know. I'm videoing the whole thing, and then me and the bear get about this close to each other from that box over there and I'm videoing him you know this is, this is awesome you know but then he made a charge at me he was, you know a false charge he just kind of jumped at me see if I'd run you know but his lurching toward me caused me to tense up and I hit pause on my camera so I didn't get all of it because I was also grabbing for my equalizer and the bear charged at me and I went, "Boom!" I said that with my mouth, and then I really went boom into the ground. Now, somebody was, "Why didn't you shoot him?" Well, I want him to get bigger to make a bigger rug in front of my fireplace before I, to do that, he wasn't as big as the rug that I would like to have there as of yet. And anyhow, then he took off, he ran about 30 feet or so, and he kind of started digging through the leaves, and all I'm mean, really not afraid of man at all. So I'm believing, I've seen it on the news, people have sent me articles about it, they're going to open a bear season, because where we live, we have bears here quite often, you know, and uh, they're becoming a nuisance, they're frightening people and having some little conflict with the neighbors and all, so a bear season, hunting season would put the fear of God into them again, you know, or the fear of man, at least and all. Now, let me just ask you a question, you think I was afraid of that bear? Not in the least. <laughs> I'm telling you. Even if I didn't have my equalizer, I have another thing. It's like, yes, we can take him out with that, you know. But I had something else, and I'm, I have I've harvested a bear before with my bow and arrow, so I had something better than a bow with me. So after he ran, I walked out there toward him, you know, and then he continued to walk up the mountain in in, in that area there. So, am I telling the truth? And my family is all on the deck back over here, as we're having this awesome, exciting time with this bear. But if that bear had it taken one more step, I would have just had a small rug in front of my fireplace, you know. Uh, but I'm just telling you, God's not giving you the spirit of fear. He hasn't given us the spirit of stupidity either, you know. I mean, I was prepared for the bear, you know. I really was, and I I knew what I was doing, and. But the thing is, do you know how to use this? Do you know how to use it? Well, you you can learn how to use it, as I've learned how to use what I have with me, and where I'm not afraid of animals and things like that, because we can equalize the situation, you know. And we need to learn. You need to learn. We we need to apply these things. It's just like having an anchor. You got an anchor? Yeah, I got. It. Do you know how to use? You got a Bible? Yeah. Do you know how to use it? Do you know how to use it? It's very important that we know how to use it. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. And this is in the Message Bible. It says, No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. Everybody's had the same kind of temptations as you've had. Are you serious? You don't, know, Pastor Arnold, you don't know what I've been tempted. We've all had similar temptations. The devil's only got a few he can use. He puts different wrapping paper on them, different color bow on them. Same kind of stuff. He uses against us all. Jesus was tempted in all the same ways that you and I are. He says, No test of temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. Never. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. Never. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Another translation says he'll always make a way of escape when temptation comes your way. You're driving down the interstate, right? And you see a sign there. And it says, last exit before toll. What does that mean? It means the last exit before the toll. And you, Anybody ever gone through a toll in New York City? You got some expensive ones there, you know. Especially if you take a wrong turn like I have and you had to go through it like three times or something <laughs> or so, You know, expensive. And it's like, you see, like last exit before the toll. And if you don't want to have to pay, well, then you better get off. And God always gives us an exit. He always makes a way for us to escape temptation. Now, the truth of it is, you might go, eh, I don't want to get off there. And then you go, hey, well, why are you all charged? Why am I having to pay? Because you didn't get off. And sometimes people choose that on purpose. But he always makes a way of escape. His presence and his word, we can escape the temptations, we can overcome those things. The same way Jesus was tempted. And he said, it is written. And you and I can overcome those temptations if we want to. That's just the truth of it. If we want to. He says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be careful. Be careful. Watch out for attacks from that black bear. Oh, I'm sorry. From the devil. You're a great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour do you have your armor on are you prepared are you ready to deal listen I live in a place where there's black bears we've seen quite a few black bears haven't we I've videoed a lot of them but not all of them you know we, we got black bear claws stretched across the hood of our car someone offered to fix it for me I said nah I kind of like it there you know but we live where black bears are, so I am always prepared, and I fully expect one day to be in the newspaper. Black bear attached pastor. And it's got a picture of me standing on this beautiful black bear rug. God opens up a door for me to share the gospel with millions of people because of a black bear, because I'm ready for him. Now, I'm not being prideful or arrogant, but I'm telling you if you live where there's danger, you best be prepared for it. If you live in an environment where you can be lost in a wilderness, you better have a survival kit with you. If you live where there are bears, you need to know how to deal with them. If you live in a world where there's a devil who's trying to kill, steal, and destroy, you better learn how to deal with them. Does that make sense to you? And Jesus showed us how to deal with them. you You know, it is written. It is written. And the devil will impale himself. He says here, be careful. Watch out for the attacks from the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour. Take a firm stand against him. Take a firm stand against him, as it says right here. And be strong in your faith. Where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing the word. Take a strong stand. He says right here, against him, and be strong in your faith. Faith comes by hearing the word. The more of God's word you hear, the stronger your faith becomes. Take a firm stand against him and be strong in your faith. Remember, Christians all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering, temptations and all, as you are. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, for the word of God stands forever. It's full of living power, and it changes things. It really does. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, put on half of the armor of Okay, I'm sorry. I, I misread that. Put on all of God's armor. You ever seen the movie Black Hawk Down? One of the guys, because the armor was heavy, he didn't put a plate in the back where he's supposed to. And he, he regretted it because he got hit there with no armor. The Bible says put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to do what? Stand firm against all the strategies and tricks of the devil. You know the devil's going to try to trick you. You know he's going to lie to you. He's going to try to get you fearful, worried, anxious. He's going to try to get you into all kinds of sins and things like that. And the Bible tells us what to do. Put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies and tricks of the devil verse 13 says use every piece if you're gonna be on a football team don't leave your helmet on the bench don't leave your shoulder pads on the bench don't leave your cleats on the bench use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy in the time of evil so that after the battle, you will still be standing firm after the battle, and we all are in a battle. Every one of us, the devil tempts us to steal our joy, to steal our, our innocence. The devil's always trying to tempt us to trap us. That's what he's after. And he tells us, resist him, and if you get your armor on, you got your sword, let him impale himself on. it is written, you know then he says in verse 14 here he says uh stand your ground stand your ground putting on the sturdy belt of truth stand your ground ain't gonna let no bear scare me off don't have to let the devil scare you off you stand your ground with the sturdy belt of truth and the body armor of god's righteousness and I'm not talking about doing this in your own strength. I'm talking about doing it with Jesus, you know. It says, for 15, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be, what? Fully prepared. Are you prepared when you step out your back door for what might be out there? Are you prepared when the enemy of your soul comes and tries to, to mislead you and guide you and hurt you or those that are dear to you? Are you willing to stand your ground? Verse 16 says, for Verse 16 says, in every battle, you will need what? Faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. You you, you know, you can have a little bitty shield like this. You know, here comes those fiery arrows. How big of a shield do you want? Faith comes by hearing God's word. I mean, you want at least a shield the size of that door, don't you? And bigger you can have a shield that not only protect you but it protects your family you can have a shield that's big enough to protect the people that you know and love your whole community you can have a big shield to protect a whole lot of other people while they're learning to develop their own shield does that make sense and you know in this world I know there's bears in my neighborhood and I know the devil is here in this old world and he's trying to do us in is he not so you need to stand your ground you need to prepare Do you have God's Word? Do you know how to use it? That's what he's telling us here. He says in verse 17, put on salvation as your helmet and take the what? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. Say, come on. Come on. Would you be foolish enough to attack me right now? I promise I won't jab you or nothing. I'll let you do that to yourself. And see, that's what I'm talking about. Having God's word in your head and down into your heart. And you can do like Jesus. It is written. "Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he says, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Just like the pelican did to his enemy, that eagle there. And then he's, let's, let's pop over to... Uh, uh, verse 18 it says, pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. You remember what Jesus told his disciples right before the crucifixion? He took his disciples out to a garden to pray. He said, now y'all stay here. I'm going to go over there to pray. Y'all stay here and pray so you will not be overcome by temptation. That's what he told us. He told him twice. He went up there and prayed. And the Bible says an angel came and ministered and strengthened him. Then he went back to his disciples. You know what they were doing? Sleeping. He said, Come on, guys, wake up. Pray so you will not be overcome by temptation. And you pray the word. Father, you said in your word, you, 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 you speak the word, you use the word to combat your enemy, you pray the word, it produces faith. It changes things. One one more passage. Let me put this thing down for somebody gets hurt. James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, so humble yourselves before God and resist the devil. You cannot resist the devil if you're full of pride. You can't. So humble yourselves before God Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That's what the Bible says. Y'all getting nervous? How you doing? Okay, now what I want to tell you: we're acting, okay, for just a moment. I'm the devil, for just a moment. I'm gonna get a hold of your hand, okay, and I'm gonna throw you out of here. <laughs> now, what did we just read? Resist. So, if I was the devil, and I'm gonna throw you out of here. You gotta resist, <coughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, hang on. Hang on. That's awesome. That's awesome. But now let's just say some guys are not as strong as this fella is. Okay? So let me get your hand just again. Alright, and let's just say resist me, just pull against me. What's the next thing you can do if you're not as strong as you need to be? What what else can you do? May God help me. Who else could help you? My friends. Is there any friends in here who would help this guy? Well, you better get up here. I'm serious. Is there anybody who would help him resist? Only one. Oh, really? Uh oh, uh oh. Now, oh, 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 man. Oh, Ah. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, ah, ah. I'm getting out of here, man. Hey, give him a grand applause, okay? Thank you. Listen what the Bible says. It says, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. Some people, the devil tempts them to do something, and they
0: go,
5: okay. They just follow him right along. But I like that. Resist. And then if, if your strength is not to the place it needs to be, it says resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's the time when you call in for some prayer support. Your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife somebody who you know knows a little bit more maybe than you do or even if they don't know more two or three of you resisting I'm I'm being tempted and I really need it's like people come and they pray does that make sense somebody is helping you to resist and then the Bible says the devil will do what flee if you look at that in original language the indication there is that he will flee in terror why would the devil flee from you in terror there's only one person who has ever successfully resisted the devil before. And his name is Jesus. And when you start resisting like you did, it's like, oh, wait, I might have grabbed a hold of something. I shouldn't have grabbed a hold of here. You know, this guy, this reminds me of one time I got the stuffing's beat out of me before. And then he rose from the dead. It's like, oh, no. And you see Christ in somebody. The devil sees Christ in you. You're acting just like Jesus did. You're saying, it is written. Using his words, you see. And the Bible tells, and this is better than forgiveness. Better than forgiveness is resisting temptation. Overcoming temptation. Not giving in to temptation. Does that make sense? So let's take that home with us. When we leave here today, let's go home. You know what? If, if you all of a sudden you discover that there's bears where you live at, and I know they're where I live at, and I'm prepared 24 hours a day to take care of a bear. I really am. And I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm just telling you because that's where I live. And in this world in which we live, there's an enemy who's trying to discourage us, trying to get us to believe a lie, trying to get us fearful, anxious, you know, feeling like a failure. This, the devil's always attacking us, and we need to prepare for that. Do we not? And that's not being arrogant but you you take the Word of God well what does the Bible say the devil's going you can't do that you can't do that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me does that make sense that's the Word of God you combat his temptations to get you fearful and frightened you read through there you underline you get your little highlighter and you highlight things in your Bible and you get them in your noggin up here and you get them down in your heart And you stand your ground. It's better than forgiveness. And that is to stand against the temptations that come against you. Well, our time is up. But I want to challenge you when you leave this building, know there's an enemy who's going to try to pull you down. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Resist. And if you find you need some help, you can call on somebody to help you. Is that right? Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word that it does change things. It changes things in us. It produces faith. And help us to follow the example of Christ who resisted all those temptations by saying, it is written. Help us to fall in love with your word. Lord, like love letters that have come from you, help us to fall in love with them because they reveal more and more to us about you. Strengthen us, almighty God. Strengthen our faith, cause our faith to grow, and help us to not only be prepared to defend ourselves, but to protect and defend others who are under attack as well. As our heads are bowed, I'd ask you if you'd join me in a simple prayer to reaffirm your faith in Christ. You already know Him, but would you declare what you believe in your heart? And maybe there's some who are here today who have never welcomed Jesus into your life before. But I want you to know he loves you. And he does forgive you all the things of your past. And then he gives you the tools and the weapons to be able to stand your ground and not be pushed over and and trampled on anymore. He loves you, and that's why he went to the cross, to forgive you of your sins and to give you a future, to give you hope. So if you're here today and you don't know for sure if you're right with God, would you join us as we pray and invite him into your life, along with those who already know it and reaffirming your faith? Would you join me right now? We're going to pray out loud together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. And you've got great plans for my life. That's why you sent Jesus. I believe he died in my place and he paid for my sins and then he rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus is knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door, and I welcome Jesus into my life as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. I turn from those things, and I choose to follow you, and I choose to use your sword. In Jesus' name. Now, before you leave, um, if, if you prayed and asked Christ into your life just now, if you stop at our Connections desk, they got a gift bag for you. It's got a Bible and some other little goodies in there. And if you're a guest, we have a gift for all of our guests, a nice little gift. Just one way of saying thank you for coming and sharing this time with us. We hope you come back next week, Mother's Day. And don't forget to take some of those postcards we can give them out. But here's your Connections card if you choose to agree with it. It says, I am determined to follow Jesus more closely. For he leads me away from temptation. What's the Lord's Prayer says? Lead me not into temptation. Jesus will never lead you into it. He'll lead you away from it. So we can get close and close and closer to him. If that's your purpose in your heart, your ambition, your desire, just check that off drop it in the tithe box. If you need some prayer... There'll be some men and women who will pray for you. And they know the word. They'll pray the word. The shield of faith will protect you. That sword of the spirit will help fight against the enemies that are coming against you. And I'm telling you, the God who we served in this day and time, he still answers prayer. He genuinely does. So on your way out, would you greet one another? You know, high-five each other. God bless you. You are dismissed.